0: hello there you're listening to the watson's daily podcast with me peter watson on thursday the 3rd of march today i'm joined by melena armin who is a watson's daily ambassador hi there melena how are you today
1: hi peter i'm doing well how are you
0: very well, thank you. I had a near-death experience, though. I just came back from the gym, and I pushed myself a little bit too much. Uh, but I'm okay. It's fine. I'm, I'm surviving, so let's go. <laughs> I, if, I, if I sound like I've got no energy, it's because I left it in the gym. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I'll try and find it again. So, right, what did you find most interesting in today's Watson's Daily?
1: Um, sorry, Peter, just before we start, um, are you on mute, um, on, on zoom? Cause I think there is double. Oh, is that right?
0: Okay. No, I'm not. I okay, am not. Cause I hear, not. I hear.
1: Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's better. I don't there know what happened, but yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, okay. So just for all the listeners, uh, we can see each other, uh, whilst yeah. we're doing this podcast. So that's why, um, yeah. We've been talking. So um, today, uh, what I found most interesting was the story about cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So uh, the article that you mentioned in today's Watson's Daily is called Crypto Firms Advised Against Loopholes, and it's an article from the Daily Telegraph. Now, this article basically shows that the FCA has been holding talks with cryptocurrency representatives to stop Russians circumvent- circumventing the, the, the sanctions uh, yeah. imposed by the West. The, the British industry body, Crypto UK, has also written to companies urging them not to become a loophole for sanctioned Russians. So what tends to happen, basically, is that Russians are using cryptocurrency to convert their uh, rubles into Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies to hold on to the value of their assets when, obviously, the ruble is falling. And it's also a way to transfer money out of the country. So it's, it's useful for various purposes. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, is cryptocurrency, is using cryptocurrency a violation of these sanctions?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, it appears that it all depends on how you use it. And cryptocurrency uh, agencies and exchanges have said that they will block specific violations of these sanctions. However, what seems to be happening is that there are loopholes which still allow transactions to be done with Russia. So mm. this obviously undermines the efforts made by the West.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A senior Ukrainian politician made the call uh, this week to cut Russia off across the board. So, uh, we, and we've already seen how the West uh specifically the uk and the us have said that they are afraid that this could obviously uh, be happening and this could uh, avoid uh, sanctions mm. um there there are two two um two sides to this so there are there are people who want to see these um to, to want who want to see that cryptocurrency exchange Uh, agency uh, enforce uh, the sanctions imposed by the West. But there are also some other people who seem to want to go further, such as Ukraine, who want to cut Russia off altogether, Mm -hmm. because obviously they want to cut Russia off uh, from the global financial system. And this is another way to, to do it. Mm. So the original intended person purpose of cryptocurrency is for people to be able to transact without any kind of centralized authority. Yeah. So that means without relying on banks as we are traditionally. Mm-hmm. So what I found very very interesting and extremely surprising is the fact that in reality most cryptocurrency transactions still go still go through through centralized cryptocurrency exchanges. Mm. So these cryptocurrency exchanges do still have the power to say who is allowed to send money and where. So if the exchanges don't allow the rules imposed uh, on on Russian individuals and Russian oligarchs and violate these sanctions, they can obviously suffer from the penalties imposed by the West.
2: Mm.
1: One very interesting point that the financial time made in in their newspaper today because they've written about this as well was the fact that lawyers have said that crypto basically never forgets because um the way it's it's originally been created you are able to see and follow these transactions all the way through completion and you are able to get evidence on crimes that have allegedly been committed if you do need so. So regulators can actually go back years from now and follow transactions and prosecute them if they, if they do find that uh, they basically allowed people to, um, to still conduct transactions when they were forbidden by the West to do so. So mm. exchanges will currency exchanges will practically be on the hook as well. Mm. What's interesting as well uh, and another thing that I wanted to mention is the fact that Russia, the central bank of Russia, announced a 30% commission on foreign currency exchanges mm. to stop Russians from selling out rubles. Yeah. Now, if if Russians are still able to transact in cryptocurrency, this is obviously still going to damage the central bank's plan to keep ruble from crashing. Mm. So... I still have. I did check to see whether this 30% commission on foreign exchanges have- applies to cryptocurrency. I-, mm. I-, I didn't find any indications mm. to the contrary, mm. but that just means that people and Russians are still able to transact in crypto mm. um, and they can still obviously um, hold on to their assets.
0: Mm. Interesting. I mean, the thing is is that I reckon obviously for most normal people um, that's not really going to be an option no. um, however, for oligarchs and these are the ones who everyone is trying to target i sh- I would be very very surprised if they haven't been on top of this mm. for years you know I think that the the annexation of crimea is was a big kind of test Mm. and ever since then they i would imagine that if they've had good advice and let's face it they can pay they can afford good advice i would be surprised if something to do with cryptocurrency was not in their Mm -hmm. you know in you know in their in their arsenal really because um as far as i know and this is what this i mean this is (sighs) I mean, this is from people that I've worked with or have known who have had a lot of money, right? So <laughs> there's things like safes, walk-in safes, there's, you know, artwork mm-hmm. and stuff like that, um, you know, and and yet the problem with those is they're all physical assets that can yep. be taken away if people are quick enough, right? The good thing about the crypt, uh, crypto is that, um, it because it doesn't exist, you don't have that problem. And so, I would imagine that if you were, and I don't know, I mean, I should, I should ask my wife about this. Um, I mean, I don't, she she doesn't, advise, she doesn't advise people like that. But the, I'm just thinking, you know, as part of advice to someone who is ultra ultra wealthy. Um, you do wonder whether there's a cryptocurrency strategy i suppose the difficulty there is is making sure that you can definitely access it when you want it yeah that's that's the bit because you could have loads but if you can't access it and turn it into currency you can use now because you can't go to starbucks i don't think you can and pay for it pay for it in or can no. you? But I think most places you are virtually, you know, ninety-nine point nine percent of places would not accept Bitcoin. I mean, yeah. um So, so in that case, you are kind of, you know, scuppered really. But I think that it looks here from what we're seeing that the these platforms have quite a lot of power
1: mm. in the
0: sense that they facilitate all this stuff, but. On the other hand, you could kind of think that maybe the government um, could have the power mm. because it could go to the platforms and go, hey, um, we, do, we, 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 you know, we don't want you to be facilitating Russians. Do you want to be known as, you know, the company that facilitates dodgy oligarchs? Mm. And they may wait. So I don't know where the power is you know because if the power was with the crypto platforms they could say okay we'll we'll cut them off but you've got to be nice to us when you do regulation (laughs) but i think that the power is probably the other way around with the with the government saying well you know we might be slightly less horrible to you if you help us out here Mm. um but I I don't know what I mean obviously I don't know what's going to happen but um but I do think it is it is it is interesting um it is interesting this um because yep. it is a way around it all isn't it
1: yeah and it's, it it's obviously um cryptocurrency exchanges have um def- have uh, somewhat um, somehow they have uh, defense, right? Mm. Saying, well, we didn't know, uh, this is not regulated. We tried our best to interpret these sanctions, but we mm. didn't know for sure. Mm. Um, so it's kind of like, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, I don't know mm. if, if whether a defense of I didn't know at the time works. But there are definitely loopholes and people especially russians especially those who who we are trying so who the west is trying to um to sanction can potentially get away from it uh, mm. because of that so i don't know this could be one of the things that the government needs to um that governments around the world need to consider in terms of regulating cryptocurrency
0: mm, mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that the the thing is with this, this, this is a, yet another example where if you, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for governments, regulators to get involved and do what yep. they're supposed to do and actually do something about crypto rather than talk about it, because mm-hmm. the longer they take, the more money is going to leak through on cryptocurrency. Yep. So um, they're going to have to, you would have thought they're going to have to do at least like an emergency fix first, mm. but then they're going to have to backfill it in with proper, proper legislation. But exactly. I don't know. Are they going to exactly. do anything? I don't know. I mean, I, you would have thought that you might as well, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now. Um, yeah, because so, it doesn't
1: yeah. work. Uh, any laws don't work retrospectively.
0: Hmm yeah so we shall we shall see what happens with that but um yeah. i think that that is a that's a big loophole mm. a big loophole yeah so sure. um yeah um so um well thank you very much for that mm-hmm. i think that's an inter- it, it's an inter- it, it's a very interesting theme that yeah. um anyway um we'll, we'll, we'll move on to uh a story i thought um i would talk about today obviously We talk a lot about um, Russia, Ukraine. Um, It's difficult not to. um, And obviously we've, we've done a bit there, but slightly indirectly. Um, But what I'm going to, what I would like to talk about today is um, the acquisition by Netflix of uh, a games company called Net Games, uh, Next Games rather. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not actually for that much money, so it's quite small, really. Although, I mean, it is sixty-five million euros, right? So, um, I mean, for most people, that's quite a lot of money, yeah. even, even if you're <laughs> an olig- e- e- even if you're an oligarch. But the reason why I say that it's a bit small um, is when you compare it to the seventy-five billion, billion mm-hmm. dollars, billion um, dollars that Microsoft is paying for Activision Blizzard. Um, it is. Rather a lot smaller, however, the thing I like about this well so the reason why why am I mentioning it today? I'm mentioning it today because I do think it's a really this is a theme that is you know gathering momentum you've got um uh, everyone's looking for content, all these streamers, all these platforms they're all they're all looking for content um and I think that um this is interesting because Netflix is. Buying something. So this is a Finnish developer, and they make mobile games that are based on TV series. So um, they apparently they've they've made games for um, Stranger Things um, and also The Walking Dead. Um, now, generally speaking, when um, you you have these kinds of um, these say acquisition if you want to make a game from a franchise you have to pay a license mm-hmm. you know it's quite expensive depending on what it is right so if it's mark you know marvel or something then it will be ridiculously expensive um but um if i i wonder whether if it's making games about its own stuff it can actually mm-hmm. save a lot of money so it can have good game because mm-hmm. I think one of the things with games is, is you need a story. You need a story. And if you're basing it on an actual TV show, you've already got like the story, the characters, the backstory. You've got everything. Yeah. So um, although it's a small acquisition, I do think that it could have an outsized effect potentially on um, on Netflix and it is important I think for Netflix to just keep broadening its um its offering um so yeah so I I, I think that's quite good I mean that there like there are there have been various acquisitions recently of games developers um and I think there's going to continue to be as everyone fights for content mm-hmm. and and fights for eyeballs on on this content but I don't know what do you think
1: um well uh, again a very interesting topic and uh, one of the things that um i read about this uh, recently was from the economist and they were saying that basically these the top biggest 5 or 6 or i don't know how many tech companies such as microsoft alphabet meta um and others right mm-hmm. Um, the listeners will know what I'm talking about, mm. um, are trying to, to get on the wagon of uh, basically investing in, in gaming because mm. what they're trying to do now is to uh, move, um, to, to kind of change the traditional way that people would uh, play games from mm-hmm. computers, from physical computers to the crowd. Mm. So... Netflix wanted to get on that as well. is now is no surprise because um, we've seen how their revenue, uh, is how they've been struggling in terms of revenue and in terms of content with mm. the rising competition from other online streaming services such as HBO and Disney Plus. So I think I think it's it's a, it's a smart move in, mm. in this regard, mm. um, especially because uh, you mentioned that they are. They, they have uh, games uh, which have been inspired by Stranger Things and the, the Walking Dead. And I think that people who are already fans of those shows mm. are going to be even more interested in, in I don't know, signing up and mm. buying yeah. those games.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Mind you, though, there are exceptions. So it's not, it's not that it's going to definitely be a hit. I mean, oh, I yeah. think a notable exception that I've been enormously wrong about um, mm. was when um, Niantic... Um, so Niantic are the ones that made Pokemon Go, right? Yeah. And um, they were going to make this Harry Potter game. And they did. You know, and they they did. They make this Harry Potter game. And I, at the time, in my naivety and the fact that I don't play games... Um, is that it, and it's not that i don't like them i think the reason why i don't play them is a because i have that kind of thing where i know that i'll get addicted to it and i'll <laughs> end up doing it to it and i i can't you know and so it's best to avoid it in the first place and secondly <laughs> is actually i don't have any time anyway even if i wanted to so um so anyway um but you know niantic um they were gonna. They were doing this Harry Potter game. it was all licensed and everything, which mm-hmm. I imagine must have cost an absolute fortune. Of course, Niantic. He so said it wasn't Nintendo that made um, uh, Pokemon Go. It was Niantic. So mm-hmm. Niantic got the license. Anyway, um, the game was a massive flop. It was a was massive it? flop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking, how can a Harry Potter yeah virtual uh, sorry uh, you know AI game how can that, also oh, <laughs> how can you muck that up? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and yet they did. Um, mm-hmm. So, although, I mean, this is clearly, this is a great idea, right? And and yeah. I think this is, you know, this is good. This is good. Um, however, it's not always this, you know, oh, well, this is going to be a success. Yeah. I mean, it should be, but you never know.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, so, it depends, yeah. it depends on a lot of things. And if, it depends on their business plan as well, because if mm-hmm. they're trying to uh, invest in things that are, are definitely, um, I don't know, things that uh, their com- competitors are also investing in without having to actually consider what that means, mm-hmm. um, then obviously they're going to suffer the consequences. But if it's, if it's more like a planned and more like of an investment type thing um, in the longer term, that's different mm. because it all depends a lot on on many other things such as mm. i don't know user experiences and yeah you know price and and all that kind of stuff as well yeah
0: i mean it's also addictive nature isn't it like literally <laughs> that's the thing isn't it it's it's not always i mean I, I you know from stuff i've seen it's not always the best graphics the best sound the best this the best that it's mm. all about playability it's does it make you want to keep playing, mm. and that is a very difficult thing to to put your finger mm. on. And I I know this is like only bit only a tenuous link really to what we're talking about. But I mean that's why I think, for instance, Nintendo is such a great comp. It can be such a great company because it's got such a long experience of making so many famous games that have stood the test of time. Um, and uh, you know you do you do think oh you know they've got such a great back catalogue, yeah. Know, that they need to do more with it. Um. But um. But anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, I I was never a fan of playing games, but my brother when he was little, so he played I think Ma- Mario. Yeah. Until the actual game, um, um, started to burn. So it. My word. Helped. So I think he played. <laughs> 12 hours. That. My parents weren't home. That is impressive. It, it actually melted that we had to throw it away. So. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, that's not so good. That's not so yeah. good. Yeah. But um... it, it's, a,
1: it's a success. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a successful game if you get people to, to actually play it. Until yeah. They actually collapse or
0: something. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. and and again, I, sorry. I, if you if you do look on Netflix, there is there is a documentary I saw about a year or so ago about the gaming industry and Nintendo and how it you know how it mm. all advanced. Absolutely fascinating it is. You know to see how it came from where it was. I mean, did you know? Do you know the game Pac-Man? Yeah. Okay. Do you know how Pac-Man got its shape? No. Right. So basically, they were working on this, apparently, according to this thing, they're working on the game and they went for lunch and they had pizza and someone cut the shape out of the pizza. Mm-hmm. And they literally and they looked at it and went, oh, yeah, why don't we use that? And that's why Pac-Man looks like Pac-Man. Oh. There you go. See, see, right. You <laughs> learn all sorts of things on this, don't you? I mean, it's not just commercial awareness and, you know, markets and stuff. It's. The origin of games. So there you go. <laughs> I'll, uh,
1: I'll look up that that documentary.
0: Yeah, it is. It is really good. I forgot what it's called, but it is really good. Um, anyway, uh, okay. Well, look, it's been great. Uh, I could go on for ages, to be honest. Um, yeah, but anyway, me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but thank you very much indeed for your time, um, uh, Milena. It's, it's been brilliant. And uh, thank you for the um, for the listeners for listening. Um, yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah.
1: See you tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.